No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see that in latter times when Gog and his allies invade Israel, the Lord will destroy those armies and make His holy name known. Israel will burn the weapons for seven years and bury the bodies for seven months. We hope you join us as Pastor Darrell continues in Ezekiel chapter 38 on Simply the Bible. Ezekiel 38 and 39 are fascinating because they speak of a war that occurs after the children of Israel have regathered into their land, which of course has already happened. Now, this war is led by the nation of Magog, identified both by the Greek historian Herodotus and the Jewish historian Josephus with the land that we know today as Russia. Along with Russia are seven other nations. We believe that this battle will most likely occur sometime during the first three and a half years of the tribulation that will come upon the earth. The next thing on the prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And we believe that this could happen at any time. Following this, a leader from Europe will make a seven-year covenant with Israel by which she will be able to rebuild her temple someplace on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. Now, perhaps this is what provokes the Islamic nations named in this confederacy, namely Iran, Turkey, Libya, and Sudan, to join Russia in this invasion. Gog is the name of the ruler of Magog. He is the chief whom the Lord will draw out of his place in the far north relative to Israel. And God will orchestrate this invasion in order to glorify his holy name in the eyes of Israel and in the eyes of all the nations. We continue in Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 18. And it will come to pass at the same time when Gog comes against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, so that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth, and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains shall be thrown down, the steep places shall fall, and every wall shall fall to the ground. God will be jealous for his people Israel who have been abused by the nations and he will come against her enemies with fiery wrath. There will be a great earthquake in Israel that has devastating effects throughout the world. Everyone will feel the shaking, mountains will be thrown down, and every wall will collapse. I will call for a sword against Gog throughout all my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother, and I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him, on his troops, and on the many peoples who are with him. Flooding rain, great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. God will use various means to destroy these armies. The only natural means mentioned here is the sword. In the confusion that occurs, the eight-nation confederacy will turn on itself, 
killing each other. And God will bring some kind of plague and bloodshed. Now, we think of the horrific plagues God brought upon Egypt or what he will bring during the Great Tribulation. God will also bring down flooding rain, giant hailstones, and fire and brimstone, which is sulfur. And it will be evident that God is fighting for Israel. Now, could this be describing nuclear warfare? We cannot rule out that possibility. We must keep in mind that Ezekiel was writing about future events using language with which he and his readers were familiar. So it is possible that the fire and brimstone Ezekiel describes includes an exchange of nuclear weapons. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. Now, whatever happens in this battle, God will make it clear that he has defeated the armies. He will receive the glory so that he can magnify his name and reveal to the world that he is holy and separate from any other God. And they will know that I am Yahweh, says the Lord. Chapter 39. And you, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and I will turn you around and lead you on, bringing you up from the far north and bring you against the mountains of Israel. And as we pointed out yesterday, there is something about this ruler of Magog that is particularly offensive to God in that he says, I am against you. And it says here, Gog, the prince of Rosh. We said yesterday that that's probably better translated Gog, the chief prince or ruler of Meshach and Tubal. Meshach and Tubal are in modern day Turkey. And God says, I will bring you up from the far north. It's very clear that God puts a hook in his jaw and brings him into this battle for God's own purpose. Then I will knock the bow out of your left hand and cause the arrows to fall out of your right hand, you shall fall upon the mountains of Israel, you and all your troops and the peoples who are with you. I will give you to birds of prey of every sort and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. You shall fall on the open field, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. And so God would bring them from the far north and they would fall on the mountains of Israel and become food for the birds and the beasts. And I will send fire on Magog and on those who live in security in the coastlands. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. And so the fire and brimstone that's coming down will not only affect the mountains of Israel, but God is going to send fire on Magog and the other nations living securely in the coastlands. Now, when it, the Bible speaks of coastlands, that is in reference to Israel, which is at the center biblically, and the coastlands would represent nations in the furthest part of the globe away from Israel. And so, and so what is being indicated here is that all of the nations are going to suffer in some way uh, from this battle. Now, it could be that there is a nuclear exchange here that affects the entire world. But the end result is that all the people will know that the Lord is God. So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. 
Then the nations shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Surely it is coming and it shall be done, says the Lord God. This is the day of which I have spoken. So God is going to use this event to awaken Israel. Now, right now, the people live in the land. They are prospering. They have been regathered from the nations, but they have not yet had this spiritual awakening that will not happen in totality until the end of the tribulation period when Jesus Christ returns and then they see the one whom they've pierced. But prior to that, God is going to use this to begin to show them that he is still alive, they are still his people, and God is coming to their defense. The Lord says, surely it is coming. Now, God, I believe, wants us to know these things are not symbolic, they're not mythical. God said it, it's going to happen. He says what he means, he means what he says. I believe in a literal interpretation of these prophecies because that's the way God always does fulfill prophetic word in scripture. Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shields and bucklers, the bows and arrows, the javelins and spears, and they will make fires with them for seven years. They will not take wood from the field nor cut down any from the forest because they will make fires with the weapons and they will plunder those who plundered them and pillage those who pillaged them, says the Lord God. So there will be so many weapons brought into Israel from this invasion that after God destroys those armies, Israel will burn the weapons for seven years. Now again, Ezekiel is describing sort of the traditional weapons of, of shields and bucklers and bows and arrows and so forth. But again, this could be just his own description of what would be modern warfare. And it could be that what they will be burning would be just the fuel from these various war machines that are left in the land. Or it's possible that things will be so disruptive during the first part of the tribulation that they do resort to more traditional forms of warfare um, at that time. We just don't know. And I don't really plan on being here. If you're here when this happens, well, then you'll know. But uh, I would not advise that. I would advise uh, knowing Jesus, turning from your sins, trusting in him, and being ready when he comes for his church. But God says that Israel will plunder those who came to plunder them. It will come to pass in that day that I will give Gog a burial place there in Israel, the valley of those who pass by east of the sea, and it will obstruct travelers because there they will bury Gog and all his multitude. Therefore, they will call it the valley of Haman Gog. Now, many scholars believe that the burial location will be east of the Dead Sea in what used to be the land of Moab, but is now Jordan. And there will be so many dead corpses that it will be an obstruction to travelers seeking to come through. It will be known as the Valley of Haman, which means multitude of Gog. For seven months, the house of Israel will be burying them in order to cleanse the land. Indeed, all the people of the land will be burying and they will gain renown for it on the day that I am glorified, says the Lord God. Now, the Jews are very meticulous about burying their bodies and, and it's going to take a total of seven months to do it because there are so many. 
they will set apart men regularly employed with the help of a search party to pass through the land and bury those bodies remaining on the ground in order to cleanse it. At the end of seven months, they will make a search. So the first seven months, they're burying bodies, but then after that, they will send out these professional barriers uh, and the search party will pass through the land and when anyone sees a man's bone, he will set up a marker by it till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Haman Gog. The name of the city will also be called Hamona. Thus they shall cleanse the land. And Hamona also means multitude. So the idea here is a multitude of bodies, the multitude of Gog, all of the armies that he brings forth that will be slaughtered in this great battle. And God uses it all to glorify his name in the world at that point and also to draw his own people back unto himself. Now, as we begin to see Russia rising up again in aggression in what they've been doing in Ukraine, but also in their political alliances with Iran and other Islamic nations, it just seems like the stage is being set for this Magog invasion. But remember that before this, we believe that the Lord is going to come for his church. So this is certainly a good time to be ready for the return of Jesus looking up as his church and knowing that that trumpet will sound and we shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And I am looking forward to that. I say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus, come. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast and please leave us a review. That helps a lot. On Monday, we will return to the book of Job where the young Elihu concludes his speech by magnifying God's work throughout all nature. What can we say before one so wonderful and majestic? We hope you'll join us as we continue teaching through God's Word on Simply the Bible.